is the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. And uh, joined right now by Travis Brown of the Eagle right there in uh, Bryan College Station. And uh, boy, I'm looking at him right now. He's on some kind of podcast here, it looks like, <coughs> from a couple of hours ago. <coughs> Travis, this is a uh, – I'm almost getting choked up even thinking about that game the other day. Did, um, did Was there part of you going into that game? And by the way, how are you doing? Welcome back to the program. The last time I saw you, we were – in front of a, a studio audience or uh, in front of a room full of people. It's kind of nice, isn't it, just to be on the radio and not have to make eye contact with, like, you know, 100 people? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I guess it's nice to be in the same room as you. It would be nice if I had that, that great uh, sausage and biscuits breakfast in front of me right now. That, that would make this a little bit better. But, yeah, the magic of radio, it's wonderful. It is, and I uh, hope, uh, boy, at that at that time you were like nine days into marriage. Now you have you're a veteran at this point. You got like two months um, or something along those lines, and so you've got this thing figured out. And uh, but I do love that stage where, like, even at a seven a.m. speech, did you notice who was not there? My be. <laughs> My, I have the most supportive wife in the world. In fact, she's probably listening to us right now. But a, but a 7 a.m. exchange club speech, 24 years from now, Travis, she will not be attending, okay? I just wanted you to know that. But but nine yeah. days into marriage, she was there, and I thought that was kind of neat. Well, nine days into marriage, I still had to persuade her. So it, it was, it's already <laughs> heading down that path. <laughs> And, and I'm All right, a now, veteran, and I, and I have about half of my stuff moved in from the garage so far. So uh, oh man. still half the stuff sitting in the garage. Boy, Travis Brown getting it done, and uh, he's having fun, but uh, covering a team that is in turmoil. And, th- th- I mean, that's one of those you, you just hear about, oh, wait, this thing's close. And, of course, then you start, for people like me who aren't, like, living and dying with the Aggies like I do with my Bears, but I do enjoy watching and see, and keeping up with them. And, boy, you see that score, and then you got to dial it in. Now, was it such a thorough and dominant performance that you almost, even early on, Travis kind of thought, I don't know if the Aggies are going to get this together. I mean, were you having thoughts like that early or even like at halftime and in the, you know, as the third quarter started, did you think, okay, they'll, they'll eventually take care of business here? No, you, you were right. There was a point where I was thinking that they're, they're going to lose this game. And I want to say, I want to say it was a little bit after halftime because, you know, you, you, there, there are times, plenty of times when teams come out there and just lay an egg in the first half and, you know, get, get a good butt chew in the locker room and come back out and get, get their act together. And, uh, that, that certainly did happen. So I think it was there probably within the first uh, few minutes of, of the third quarter. But then it, all the, the first few minutes of the third quarter was the only time that A&M had the ball. I think it went from nine minutes in the third quarter to about seven minutes in the fourth quarter was one continuous drive by, uh, by uh, Appalachian State. They, they couldn't get the offense on the field. So, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a weird game. But if you look at just about any stat, any metric, Appalachian State just absolutely dominated the Aggies in almost everything. I mean, they ran 38 plays, the Aggies did. 38 plays, the, the fewest they've ever run 
was 29 against SMU in 1945. Uh, they don't keep the, the, the top ten list. They don't. The, the records aren't readily available. But I do know that the lowest was twenty nine in uh, in in nineteen forty five. So that's, that's some pretty record lows there. They weren't they? They were winning some national titles back then. My gosh! That, I mean, go back to what nineteen thirty nine or something. I mean, yeah. The uh, the the Ags were right in the middle of it. Well. I, I it, this is uh, it, it now. People are going to start immediately looking to the quarterback when something like that happens. That's that is where people turn. I was seeing earlier today. Um, you know, it, it 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 seems like Jimbo Fisher would certainly be open to anything right now. Open to ideas. Open to another quarterback. Where do you sense this thing's going? Because the, the problem is you don't have a week like Baylor has to, to play Texas State. Uh, you gotta, you got to now, you got Miami coming in, and here is a team with a really good quarterback, a ranked team, and, and this is no pushover. In fact, I mean, you could make the argument. I mean, certainly you would think they're better than Appalachian, Appalachian State, although after watching Appalachian State for two weeks – you got to think they're pretty formidable. Um, where where is Jimbo? Do you feel like with this offense, and what do you think he'll try to do to to see if he could spark this thing? Well, I'll start with the the end point that you said there. Because think about this: in two to three to four years, when that twelve team playoff rolls in, if A and M somehow manages to, to to run the table or to win, you know, lose one more game, well. In two or three years, they could possibly say, hey, our one loss is to a Sunbelt champion and college football playoff uh, uh, team, Appalachian State, but not so much, not so much in the four team. That's just a bad loss. And, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think offensively, uh, I, I think that there is a lot of, of real hard looking in the mirror that needs to be done when it comes to Jimbo's offensive scheme because, yeah, I think by every every qualification, every person you talk to, you can hear and say and know that Jimbo Fisher is an offensive genius. But I, I think, and from what I've talked to and, and learned a little bit more about this, this offense, you have to be on that same mental wavelength, on that same kind of IQ and comprehension uh, level of Jimbo Fisher to be like, play quarterback in this system because you can't, you can't guess. You got to know all the reads and all the reads set up what all the, uh, the 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 progression is. And if you're not making the right reads, you don't know where your progression starts, and then you're just guessing. And I don't know how much of this is Haynes King out there knowing what the reads are and just making bad throws, or he's out there just guessing uh, at, at what the reads are and 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 kind of floundering. But 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 something needs to change because he's bringing in four and five star quarterback recruits. Uh, but he hasn't really had – it took Kellen Mond three years to be a manageable quarterback uh, in this system, and he really hasn't had a quarterback that excelled in it since Jameis. And Jameis, as we've seen, is a, is a you know, next-level kind of quarterback. So th- th- I, I think that, that one of these things is not like the other, and it's not a, a string of good quarterbacks coming in. It, it's, it's the offensive system. And he said in his press conference – that he wouldn't be opposed to bring in an offensive coordinator if he thought that it would help things win, and he wouldn't let his ego get in the way. But but that leaves a big if of when does it in his mind get to the point that he says that they, they can't win with him playing calls and being the head coach. 
Yeah, and I, I think fans would be up for whatever. But as true Aggies, I mean, did you, you saw the crew out there, the students. Uh, I mean, there's there's more. You know, this there's still huge interest in this game. And you know, I talked to an Aggie buddy today that was almost frustrated about that. He, he you know, it's almost kind of like he wishes the fan base was like some of these other fan bases that are quick to to kind of turn almost to cause change or to and and this fan base isn't wired like that. I mean famously I don't think I think they're the whole Aggie thing is don't boo. You know, you don't boo your own team, all that kind of stuff. So a lot of these things are admirable, but it's not like the people are going to stop showing up. At other schools well, you lose to Appalachian. Eventually yeah. they will. Eventually it will because you go back to the end of the Kevin Solman era and they were losing fans. Now it just takes a lot longer. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I mean, a few more losses to the likes of Appalachian State, and I say the likes, <laughs> this, is a, uh, this, is, this is a good team. I mean, I, if you don't watch it, you lose to Miami, and it's not just a loss, then you start, Travis, this is how this works, and you know it. There'll be some of these star skill players or whatever that start hitting the portal. I mean, like it, when when you, if you get like an early where it looks like it's going to snowball on you, some things can get ugly, and and that's what's wild. It can go from oh the number six team in the country to people leaving the program uh, in a hurry. I, did did did, um, did Jimbo seem shell shocked to you after the game? I, and again, I was all caught up in the Baylor stuff, so I can't say that I was was on it like you were did did um did jimbo what was the what was the kind of uh you know you're pretty good at reading the temperature in those rooms what was the what was the jimbo meter looking like yeah it certainly wasn't shell-shocked but i think you go back to the the the, uh, talking season when he's making the rounds around the 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 up and down i-35 and up and down highway six and talking to all the a&m clubs he frequently said he hasn't been more excited about a season and a group of guys than this group. He said it frequently, and and he had some swagger to him. I mean, go back to the Nick Saban thing. That came from a place of confidence and a place of, uh, of swagger. He had some swag. He was, I don't want to say he was taking shots at us, but he was certainly kind of bantering with us a little bit. He He was feeling pretty good, and he definitely has had a demeanor a little bit back down to earth. It, it's a little bit more uh, just kind of uh, com- conversational. You know, uh, we, we there were some pretty hard questions asked yesterday at the press conference. He, he took them uh, very, very in stride and, and gave answers to them and didn't really necessarily try to dodge them a whole lot. So I don't know if shell shock is, but maybe, maybe knock down a, a peg. All right, and – I feel like you need to go over there and comfort some of these yell leaders because they're taking a beating for midnight yell practice, and I know you got better things to do than being over there covering a midnight yell. But, Travis, those – I mean, and again, for people that don't understand A&M, what they said, I guess some people could take offense to it, but it's pretty much what they've been saying about teams and – I mean – First of all, probably most Aggies don't even really know what Appalachian, Appalachian State is. All right. So they always take some pokes at the opposing team. So anybody acting all offended by that stuff, getting carried away. 
But what happens is after a loss like that, everything gets exacerbated. And these guys that are doing the weird stuff where they where they say something, they'll go, and everybody makes a big cheer. It makes them look crazy. Okay, it makes them look weird. Um, again, my best friend in the world is a former Aggie L leader. I, can you say former in A and M? You got to say, no, I, I guess, always, a head yell leader. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not saying a former A and M student. I'm just saying I think you can maybe say a former Aggie head yell leader. Whatever. I don't know. But he should, he should have try you just to go down on the field and say I'm you know once an Aggie yell leader, always an Aggie yell leader. Try to try to lead some yells. <laughs> you know, this Saturday. <laughs> Are you worried about the? Uh, Yell leaders, Travis. Do you think they'll be? That's never fun when you start going viral for that Aggie yell practice. And again, these are not bad dudes, but they just it 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 ends up making you look really goofy when you lose, and then that stuff gets put out all over the place. You know, I will say that it's just kind of the 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 continuation of an old tradition and I'm I, I don't I'm not trying to be an A and M or a yell leader apologist, but every all of it has the has the uh the feel of something that you know started in whenever it started but 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 has that kind of good old old down home nineteen fifties feel to it of of we're gonna take some we're gonna make some dad jokes and move on and, and and it is what it is they, they like it they enjoy it. it it's a really cool tradition if you haven't been to it you got to go see it once it's great but yeah they recycle a lot of the same jokes every year every two years rolls around you you know i'm sure at some point when they've played boise state they made the boise isn't a state joke or whatever it was with with appalachian state but that's that's what makes like this part of college football season great because you can go uh up uh, i-35 and there's all the, the big hubbub about uh, SMU putting billboards all over Fort Worth, you know, and you've got uh, you got all the banter between Texas and A&M with how Texas played Alabama close and everything. Like this is this is a great part of the season because still no one's really done anything. And, and so it's like it's like talking season light because there's a little bit of football that's been played. So people have some talking points, but it's still a bunch of bunch of silliness all over Twitter. And uh, I gotta love it a little bit. <laughs> well, yes, because you're a writer and podcaster. Is there some other young man that's entered? I hope uh, I hope our buddy Cessna is okay because uh, I keep when I'm going on uh, checking your Twitter out. There's some other guy I'm seeing you do podcasts with. Is everything okay there? Every everything is good. Uh, Cease is a is a busy busy man, so we try to to only bring him into our, our digital uh, millennial TikToks and whatnot when, when, when he's absolutely needed. But he was actually at, a, uh, uh, I believe, a family wedding this weekend. So okay. we, uh, we held down the fort for him uh, and it, strongly, I, I, I guess. I don't know if yeah. people might want to blame this weekend on Cease not being there, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, he he should be respected enough in that family that they don't have a wedding uh, in the middle. I mean, even you had the good sense to get yours taken care of in the off season. I think summer ball or fall camp maybe was going on, yeah. but my gosh, I had the good sense to miss part of fall camp when you so I didn't have to watch players stretch for uh, you know three weeks in a row. 
<laughs> That's right. Oh, man. Well, uh, we will see, and we'll continue to read all of uh, all of your stuff there at the Eagle. Uh, follow Travis Brown. Good follow out there on Twitter. And uh, tell your wife I said hey, and uh, glad I was able to feel like I was uh, really starting to, to give you guys some good advice. Uh, I, I can't remember if it was marital advice. I think it was like career advice or something uh, something as we like were that, making yeah. our way out of there. But uh, always fun to see your parents and your uh, and uh, your family. So, Travis, I appreciate it, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Anytime, Matt. All right, there he goes. Golly, I should have brought up uh, Travis. Uh, there's a new uh, uh, a podcast out there that Travis would be all over. All right, it is the uh, 